Welcome to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. This podcast tackles the hottest topics for the European accountancy profession. Get your need-to-know update from Brussels. This time, we're focusing on small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs. Specifically, we look at how going digital is often seen as their best chance to stay competitive in the modern economy. SMEs need help in this process. This help is often found in the form of their accountant. There are small and medium-sized practitioners, or SMPs, throughout Europe. They must also adopt a more digital role to help their clients survive and thrive. The EU has been promoting SMEs and has many programs for them. In this year alone, the European Commission has published its SME and industrial strategies. Both support the digital transition of smaller businesses. It further published its skills agenda in July 2020 with a focus on how to build up digital and ICT skills within the SME community. Still to come is the FinTech Action Plan, which will look into facilitating new and innovative ways of financing, also for SMEs. There's the upcoming Digital Services Act, which will aim to create a more conducive and fair business environment for SMEs wanting to do business online. So there's a lot of activity in this space. I'm very pleased today to be joined by Martin Debee, an accountant and expert on SMEs and digitalization, who has recently joined our SME team at Accountancy Europe. Martin, can you please tell us more about your background and your experiences in this area? Yeah, Martin Debee. I'm 49 years old, married, and have three lovely kids. And I'm not an accountant, so that's very important. Otherwise, I got some community saying, hey, where are you registered? I'm completely busy for 25 years in the accounting industry and looking about what's, what's the impact on technology on the accounting industry, but also what's the impact on the SME part, eh? because we are serving the SMEs with various products and services. At this moment, I work at Netson Participaties, who is an organization which has also 216, an accounting firm in the Netherlands, where I also uh, advise in innovation and looking forward with technology partners in the Netherlands to see, okay, what are the next steps? And my goal is also to bring my expertise on technology, what's now happening, but also in, in the future going to help us to serve our SMEs better. So that's very important. It sounds like you have been working in the technology space for quite some time, and so you've had a chance to see it um, evolve a bit, and especially vis-a-vis SMEs. Mm -hmm. So what are the main challenges that you see with SMEs uh, and digitalization? So one of the challenges a lot of SMEs got is that the speed of the consumer market using the technology on apps, on telephones, using online uh, services is going so fast that sometimes the SMEs are really in a kind of difficulty in adapting the, the speed of change. At this moment, you can also see that with COVID-19, which is terrible for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, but also for SMPs, it's a, it's a challenge that it's also speed up the digitalization transformation in many industries. With that, also cybersecurity. Nowadays, a lot of firms have their people working outside their office, outside the secured environment, working maybe on own devices. And this is also uh, very dangerous because cybersecurity is looking on, on, on data and looking at company data, what they can do. So you, uh, there's a lot of challenges on that part 
which need to cover. And on the other side, what we also see is the solvency regarding digitalization, because that's also a thing. Digitalization has been a benefit in the COVID-19 period because people can still work remotely. So in a way, having the technology um, has enabled people to keep working when often um, they might have struggled to continue Uh on with business. But then not everybody's home internet is prepared for this kind of sensitive data that's been been passing back and forth. So SMEs definitely need to think if they're dealing with client data or customer information, what kind of security measures there that are in place in each individual employee's home. Yeah, that's true. And that's one of the trends I've noticed last time. I think it was Garner or something on Forbes mentioning that bringing your own device is, is something which is growing very fast. And if you do business or connect with your company uh, system or infrastructure with your own device. Now, what you mentioned, you could do it from home. Yeah, you have a Wi-Fi device. Is is that secure? Do you use a VPN? Um, but what do you do with the data? What you see is a lot of people, it was also mentioned in this document, a lot of people are uh, downloading the documents on their own, let's say, local machine, and then uh, put it in uh, very sensitive information on those machines, and nobody sees that, and especially a lot of SMEs, they don't have the IT advisor or IT security officer and the, the danger of losing information to competitors or even the, the possibility that you have a hack, that your, that your machine or your company is hostile by, by, by hackers. It's, it's very, yeah, it's happening already. Our last episode was about uh, anti-money laundering. And I Mm -hmm. believe the the quote that that was shared there was that the hackers, they only need to be successful once. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the people who are investigating the hacks need to be successful every single time to to Mm -hmm. catch a breach. So it's definitely the insecurity of the data and the not necessarily professionalized way of working because we're all working from home right now. Uh, But I think you also mentioned um, insolvency is that it's also a threat to SMEs. I know there's a lot of uh, governments supporting with certain funds the the SME market. I think today in the Netherlands they say there are in this at this moment now there is less bankruptcy, so there's less insolvency. Uh, but it's just probably in the market it's just pushed forward to 2021 mm-hmm. when it's really going to hit because a lot of companies want to invest, the business is ongoing, but with the, let's say, they all eaten their reserves, their, their money already, they have to go to finances and especially from the FinTech. But I think it's just pushed forward because a lot yeah. of companies are using the government money to, to help them go through this, this time. It's true that a lot of the contingency measures that have been put in place over this period, they might just be band-aids that once they're taken away, a lot of SMEs will struggle to get back to uh, business as usual or Mm -hmm. even um, not even business as usual, but the new normal for for business. So we've seen a rush to digitalize um, with COVID, um, but then who controls the data? Where is the data stored? The Dutch NBA have a, a topic to discuss about company data. Who Who is really in control of the company data? And what you see now at the moment that we use cloud solutions. We can connect very easily through an API. Yeah? Just You have to use your, your user uh, credentials and you can connect another system which supports you as an SME or an SMP. But the thing is, you don't own this data anymore. It's in other systems. And the question is, 
and what you see also in the Netherlands now, there are also big companies, private equity companies are buying uh, solutions with certain interest and they're not saying it loudly, but it can, it's, it's how many data you can gather from companies, how better services you can uh, sell them. And what you see, especially now at this moment in the Netherlands, is that um, uh, like Visma, who are, uh, let's say, owned by s several uh, private equity partners, they, I think now, control a large part of the SMP uh, software solutions. And in my opinion, they can control the future of our business by certain services. And it's not our data, it's mm. data from our, let's say, from our companies or our clients. But there is a rule that if you change the data from its origin, uh, it's not the data of the first deliverer, it's the, it's the data from somebody else. That's so, very sneaky. Yeah, that's that's very sneaky. Um, and the fact that, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but, no, no, uh, but, but just, um, yeah, build, building on, on this point here specifically, um, and the fact that it will be these kind of intermediary um, companies who have their own kind of terms and conditions that can be altered at any given time. An SMP does need to keep a very close eye on who they partner with and how mm. they use it and how much they understand the data that's put in there because I know user at the user level a lot of times when it comes to apps just my, my myself personally often you know you do just tick that box I accept the terms and conditions yeah, and then you get that pop-up we have changed our terms and conditions click yeah. I agree and then you click I agree without without understanding that you have just given away your rights to the data that you have submitted to to this uh, this mm -hmm. software so it's absolutely um, a huge concern especially for accountants and uh, SMPs yeah, but, yeah, because but... they deal with such sen sensitive in information. Correct, but the thing is that we are a trusted party. Yeah, we, the, our clients see the S&P, the accountant, uh, as an as a trusted party where they can deliver their financial data for products like an annual account, a fiscal tax return products. Yeah? So they give data, but they don't expect, they don't know that behind the accounting firm there are a lot of solutions connected to each other to provide better uh, insights of this client. That's also looking to the future. One of the discussions, you have to need a lot of data to use certain technology like uh, machine learning, AI. But if you have a lot of data of a certain customer, like how Google works, eh? Google knows exactly if you're looking for a holiday, they also want to know if you already booked it because they can advertise directly to you. I think this will also happen in the accounting industry in services as soon as we have more data provided to certain suppliers they will help us, so it's, it's positive, eh? so they will help us with uh, interesting solutions which can support our advisor role more and more because all transaction work which done now manual be, will be automated by those, those suppliers and we can support our, let's say, our clients more and more with, with advice based on clouds and big, big data. But the thing is, it's not our data. So we are depending a lot on those suppliers in the future. Uh, we will lose a lot of this work, manual work to uh, to this kind of solutions. So we have a little change on that also on a workforce. And we have to be very careful on that. But the thing is, and that's also discussion, is where's the data stored? I mentioned very easily, most of the suppliers we know in our industry are local parts we know because they have the data in the Netherlands. But we don't ask that question if that's true. What? Yeah, and one of the things I will discuss next week is what if FISMA 
which is known within the accounting industry in the Netherlands, uh, if we change it to Google, I think the complete accounting industry will be in distress because we think, oh, then Google, the US, big tech company will own the data, will do a lot more than we can. Somebody like Google would be a very imposing figure on on the market just because they've they've proved themselves so adept at manipulating data for for their own uh, benefit primarily. Right. So it is a shame that either. SMP accountants or even SMEs themselves might become casualties to this um, data machine. Correct, correct. And I know that, that let's say we looked at certain suppliers if they say, okay, where are your data stored? And they say, yeah, we have it at Amazon and it's stored in, in the Germany and mm-hmm. we accept it. Uh, that's how I think the easy, what you mentioned already as an example, if I'm using an app, I install an app and I just press OK, if I accept the terms of conditions. And that's the same thing happens with an accountant or an SME. They just accept the terms of conditions because they need the service because it's interesting. And that's, I think, also something maybe from Accounts Europe or the local accounting bodies needs to look at. So, okay, how we can support more on that fact because the, it are the terms which are saying what will happen with the data. And I think we as a yeah, trusted advisor need to take up more this this role as taking care of the right terms of using the data. How can uh, accountants adapt? Um, What skills do they need? I think the soft skills, especially because a lot of work will be automated, so uh, less manual work. You need more be using your soft skills to clients to explain the result of of an outcome of of, of a system, which says, okay, According to machine learning, this is the outcome of uh, these financial figures or the KPIs. And we have to explain it to our customers more. And what you see at this moment, there is a lot of uh, still manual work in our accounting industry. And we have still this traditional, uh, you started an assistant accountant and then with a skill you are in a few years growing maybe to become a partner. But even also with digitalizations, this career path path. is is moving as fast as digitalizations. We have a lack of people in our industry, different from the others. There's a lot of financial expertise. There are not so much people, but we have in our organizations, uh, the impact of automation will be big. So we have to scale our people faster as technology is changing. So it means also in soft skills, but also on the level of analytics. We need more people who are reading the figures, but also are known with machine learning and how to interpret them because it's for most of us a black box. So you yeah, get absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and is, it, is it true? So we are, uh, let's say at the moment, we are in our company busy with a project for forecasting with a lot of rules, which you know from Excel. But we don't see them. We just accept the outcome. And the thing is, it's uh, true. Like what? It, what was the? What went into that equation to get that outcome? And then to correct. go back and change a few parameters, and you get a completely different outcome. It's too easy to trust the first answer rather than investigating was there something wrong with how this data was was calculated or how this data was inputted into the the, the yeah. system. Now, so one of the other thing you need to know is the uh, what the competences within the company on digitalization, and that can be on various aspects. Are there people yeah. within your company already? And that's that's a big challenge for this very small, medium-sized practices. They don't mostly. There is one guy knows a little bit about technology, but he is also responsible for security, etc. And and that will be also uh, very important to find 
and to scale those people better on the challenges they have in, within the firm on security website, what kind of data is used, but also advising your client. Because one of the aspects we had at the last conference with the Accounts in Europe was a simple question from SME United and asking us, well, as you are my advisor, I'm an SME, I have a, a web store I'm depending on, but I have a kind of SLA with a supplier and who's helping me checking it because if I'm three days out of business or five days out of business and it's within the terms of conditions, I can be in big problems. And that's one of one of the things that I would like that an account will look at. So you see also that the requirements from the SME part is more and more regarding, okay, you are checking my figures, but you also have to look into my terms of conditions of, of systems I'm working on, because if that's not working, my company is depending on these systems, then I'm out. And also having a slightly broader view on what choices an SME can make uh, for their own best growth with you know the, the necessary skills upgrade of, of the staff and or a more multidisciplinary team. I think having people on the team who bring different skill sets, not just your traditional, I've, I've got my certification as an accountant, I will work as an accountant, but this kind of open mindset that maybe they'll have an IT expert working alongside the accountant so that they can work together to offer the SME the best option. But don't forget that eh, the biggest challenge, and we had a last discussion with also with the SME team for Council Europe, is that most small medium practice are not able to make this change. They are too small to, to do this kind of change in their internal organization and they need some support. And then maybe there are new models on maybe an account Europe or a county body can support them on that uh, topic. But that's the danger of on the changing environment. Uh, if you have only five people in your or 10 people, is that enough to make this change? And what is that on the challenge you have with your SMEs? For a big firm, it's easy because they just have... They, they just throw can... more resources at it, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's so you have yeah. to find also new ways of maybe working together from SMPs on, on new ways of collaboration on this aspect. You cannot expect from an, from an SMP to understand that it's within a year uh, up to date to challenge the digitalization speed. That's so true. I think that's on their profession they can because they follow, let's say, every time study on the regulation change and what the impact that will have on financial figures and what they should advise. That's very near what they have to learn, but digitalization, IT, what's the impact on HR, that's something some we need to support them because without, because they serve a lot of SMEs. And, and if we don't support those SMEs on, on, on that level, and SMEs are also SMEs, I think theirs will be a very big challenge. At the EU level, it's often a challenge for us at Accountancy Europe to be able to reach the SMP and, and provide them the services that they need. But from your perspective um, in the Netherlands and maybe having a slightly more broad view over Europe, what would you like to see an organization like Accountancy Europe do for SMPs? First of all, and that's a good thing what I see now because I joined the organization is preparing documents uh, which can be discussed within the member bodies yeah, so in every country. And you have to be very careful because every country, which I know from my experience now, there can be a different culture and uh, on certain topics and the reaction on that. But I think 
as accounts in Europe for our SMB bodies or member bodies to prepare on high level documents which can be discussed. We have more interaction with those member bodies, knowing okay, what is really happening within a country and how can we support them. And the other thing is also be the linking pin for our profession to the European Union to explain them uh, what we see as a trusted advisor. Because what I noticed from my past visiting a lot of European Commission's activities, let's say on PSD2, yeah, the Payment Service Directive, and there are some accountants appearing there. But we are not the voice for the SP market, but also defending the SME market. And I think now what we can do more is to be the linking pin for our member bodies uh, to the European Commission. Say, okay, this is your digital agenda, but watch, this is really the concern from the SME and SP market. We were speaking earlier about how a lot of uh, government schemes might be keeping SMEs afloat right now. What can we do to avoid this crash in 2021 for, for SMEs? I think connecting the networks. For example, we have an SME network. We have Accountancy Europe. We have another Accountancy organizations. If we can be at one table with the right people in the European Commission and we have a, a clear agenda on that, and we can discuss this on what is really our concern or what, how we can as organization help, that will really be in the benefit of the European policy. For example, I was invited by the European Commission regarding the impact of technology on labor. And I was invited through SME United, not for the accounting industry, but I was invited because SME United asked me friendly if I could join this, this meeting. And it was an important, uh, let's say, paper from uh, the former European uh, Commission president on uh, what the impact of technology would be on labor and what will be the next actions. But the thing is, what I was really surprising is that we as an accounting industry, which we are very important because we uh, say if figures are okay and we have a certain role in our economy, that we are not really there on the table, we are invited through another partner. And I think that's changing. I know that, yes. but we need to be more supporting, be more visual on saying, hey, we are there for the SMEs. We know what the impact of your regulation is on the SME market. We know what the challenges they have. And together with the SME network, we can be a voice for the European Commission and also speed up some development. I think this gets lost a lot of the time, just how many skills that accountants do have to support SMEs. It, mm -hmm. it does just make sense that we're at the table for these kind of discussions because we can facilitate the further growth of, of SMEs uh, in the EU. Did you have any final thoughts that perhaps we, we didn't yet get to touch on? The final touch is still be positive. I see a lot of threats from other industries like the fintech, but if we are more in control of the data that, and we have better insights on which kind of technology can help our industry move to the next level in this, in this area of digitalization, I think this will give a lot of less pressure on, on accounting firms on various levels, even on labor, yeah, the, the lack of finding the right people. But it all depends on sharing the information, sharing knowledge, sharing best practices in our profession rely on others because we are one profession in Europe that can differ per country. We are still needed 
but if we want to play a role in this industry, we need to step forward using organizations like Accounts Europe uh, towards the European Commission, but also on, on national bodies to make programs to support and share the knowledge on digitalization more and more to know exactly which steps they need to make, make programs. Because if we don't do that, then I'm yeah, then I'm a little bit negative that companies like uh, Google or uh, other companies will take over a lot of data. And uh, we are just doing our job as we did as we did in the past, but we're not innovating. We're not transforming to this new way of working on the digital area to our customers. But there is a lot of potential still to come in the in the market and Correct. we have a lot of um, good signs and we have uh, experts such as yourself uh, supporting the transition of SMPs um, in the Netherlands and also mm. supporting us here in, in Europe to uh, give advice to our members throughout the EU. So we're hopeful as well. We're, we're committed to working together and thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting apps. Get in touch. We are at AccountancyEU on Twitter, and you can contact me at Andrea at AccountancyEurope.eu. This podcast is presented and edited by Andrea Campbell with help from Elida Nijar. Our music is Fearless First by Kevin MacLeod under a Creative Commons license. See you next time, because people count.